In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank You for being really and truly present here in our midst. We thank You for the gift of this blessed sacrament. For Your real presence. Jesus, please increase our faith here tonight. Please help us to open our minds and our hearts to Your grace, to Your mercy and love and wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Pour out upon us, Lord, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Increase in us Your divine life. And we turn to our Blessed Mother and we crown Mary the Queen of our gathering here tonight. As we pray together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, everyone. It's good to be back after our time of quarantine. And I appreciate your patience in dealing with the norms as they stand still. Today we celebrate in the church the birthday of John the Baptist. It's actually a solemnity, which means it's the highest feast day in the church. So it ranks up there with other solemnities like the Assumption of Mary into Heaven or even Christmas and Easter. So I thought we would reflect a little bit on the readings from today's liturgy. And the first reading today was from the book of the prophet Isaiah. So let me read uh, the first part of that reading, chapter 49 from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Hear me, O coastlands. Listen, O distant peoples. The Lord called me from birth. From my mother's womb, he gave me my name. He made of me a sharp-edged sword and concealed me in the shadow of his arm. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me. You are my servant, he said to me, Israel, through whom I show my glory. So not only is Isaiah speaking of himself as an individual, as a prophet, called by God, but at the end there, he also throws in Israel. So it's the chosen people of God. And so I think as we read this, as we reflect on it tonight, We can renew our faith in our calling. You can renew your faith in your calling. You have been called by name. The Lord called you from birth. From your mother's womb, He gave you your name. It's always good to reflect on our creation, that God created us. He created us with a purpose, with a mission. 
When we were baptized, not only were we adopted into God's family, not only were we made sons and daughters of God in the order of grace, but we were given a particular mission. God had a particular purpose for us when we were baptized. He had a plan in mind. You have been equipped in a particular way. Each and every one of you have been equipped for your mission. Your mission is different than my mission. That doesn't make your mission any less important. On the contrary, it's really important that we all actively engage in the church's mission, the collective mission of building up the kingdom of God, of spreading the good news, of evangelizing. And you all have a particular part to play in that. God is reminding us of that. It speaks to salvation history. John the Baptist, his birthday was a significant event in salvation history. Jesus said of John that there was nobody born of woman greater than John the Baptist. That's quite a compliment, right? He was the precursor. He was the, the, um, the voice, right? Crying out in the desert, preparing the way for the word, the eternal word. I think it's St. Augustine who makes a nice reflection on this. The voice disappears, just as John said of himself, I must decrease. You hear my voice, but then the sound disappears. But the words I speak resonate with you, and you internalize them, and you remember them. You are impacted by the word that you hear. Even though the voice fades away. Isn't that a neat reflection? Just so with John the Baptist. He was the voice crying out in the desert, preparing the way for the Lord, the word of God made flesh. Jesus Christ. And John decreased. Jesus the Christ increased. And he remained. And he still remains with us today. Thank you, Jesus. So salvation history was, well, we remember this day in particular as an important day in salvation history. It's something that it's good to reflect on, that we all are involved in this History of salvation. I like to say his story is his story. That's a good play on words in English, right? History is his story. Christ's story. And his birth marks our calendar today. It's the center of human history, really, if you think about it. And so... What Jesus came to do is not yet complete. It is in some ways complete and yet not quite. 
In other words, we are all here still working out our salvation. And he wanted it that way. He wanted to include us in his mission. Why? So that we could share in his glory, in the eternal reward in the Father's house. So that we could have a lot of things to celebrate, you might say, when we get to heaven. Every little act of love that we participated in here on earth will be celebrated in heaven. Every act of love will be celebrated, will be acknowledged in heaven, will be celebrated by the angels and saints, and will increase your glory in heaven. Think about that. So nothing that you do in this life is insignificant. Everything you do has eternal value when it's done in the name of the Lord. Everything. And that's something that we have to reflect on because look at these next lines that the prophet Isaiah wrote. Though I thought I had toiled in vain. Has anyone ever thought that you toiled in vain? Of course, right? We've all thought that. And for nothing uselessly spent my strength. Yet my reward is with the Lord. My recompense is with my God. So there you go. The prophet's vocation was a really hard one. (laughs) It often was met with a lot of rejection and persecution and oftentimes death. They were put to death and Jesus was no exception. And all of us can feel that way at times, especially when we're trying to do good. We're trying to promote good things. And very few people show up, or it seems like nobody cares. Well, God cares. God really cares that we're all here tonight. This is an important event for your life, but also for the life of the church. Whenever two or three come together, especially before the Lord... In his house, good things happen. Really good things happen. So I often like to say here that we should come here with an expectant faith, right? That we should expect God to move in this place here tonight. You may not feel it right here and right now. You may not be aware of any particular grace in this place, in this moment, tonight. But trust me, it will be revealed to you. God will manifest. He will show you how important and how powerful this moment was tonight at some time in the near future. For me, it often happens in the car when I'm by myself. 
So, I mean, I'm not driving anywhere tomorrow morning, but typically after these nights, the next morning I'm driving off to school, up to Everest. And maybe I'm just in silence praying, maybe I'm listening to praise and worship music or a, a talk or something, a podcast. But inevitably, I'll be in the car and all of a sudden, whammo, I'll get hit with a special revelation of God's presence. And it'll often just bring me to tears, just being overwhelmed by his presence. So don't get discouraged if that doesn't happen tonight or even tomorrow morning in the car. (laughs) Maybe it'll happen out on the boat. Maybe it'll happen in the park. Or it could happen in your bedroom or in the shower. Or it could very well happen here tonight. But just know, just believe, just expect God to move here tonight, to move your heart, to speak to your heart. He wants to do that. And he wants to bless this effort. And he wants to bless all of your efforts that you do in his name. God sees the heart. He doesn't always care so much about the visible results. Because again, many of the prophets didn't get such great results. Even Jesus had to suffer crucifixion and death and burial. Of course, he had a victorious resurrection from the dead, which we will all participate in someday. But he had to go through his his passion in order to experience the resurrection. And the same is true for us. Each and every baptized Christian is called to follow in the footsteps of the Savior to one degree or another. So this this life is definitely a, a valley of tears as we pray in the Salve Regina. It's a valley of tears. Nevertheless, we go through this valley of tears with a lot of hope in the resurrection, in the final victory that Christ has won for us. So even now, I'm not watching the news anymore, and I recommend that you not watch too much of it because it's so toxic these days. And that's not good for your soul. It's not good for your spirit because you are what you eat. You know, you, you become what you ingest, right? What you listen to, what you watch, what you read, that's what you will become. So the more of that you know, bad news you watch, well, it's going to affect your spirit. It has to. So don't watch too much of it. You can be informed, but leave all of the you know, craziness uh, to the world. It's important that we see what's going on today with eyes of faith. I mentioned this at the homily over the weekend. But God wants us to see from his perspective. 
not from the perspective of some newscaster or some, you know, politician, right? But from God's perspective. And God's ways are not our ways, right? Is God's heart broken over the social divide? Absolutely, right? The polarization, the the fear, the anger. Of course that breaks God's heart, his sacred heart. Wounded out of love for us. Yes, it aches. But the Lord calls us to be men and women of hope and to see what he sees. And he has a great plan in store for us. Mother Mary announced God's plan of salvation for these times a hundred and how many years ago? Three years ago now in Fatima, 1917. So 103 years ago, Mary predicted all of the things that we're living through right now to one degree or another. And what did she say at the end of her message? In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph and there will be a period of peace. But she also encouraged us to fight the good fight by praying the rosary, by coming before the Lord in meditation and adoration, going to mass, going to confession. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle that we're in. It's not a political battle. It is not a military battle per se. It's a spiritual battle. And we have to fight with spiritual weapons if we're going to be victorious. For now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him, and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. Let's say that together. My God is now my strength. My God is now my strength. Wake up and say that every morning if you have to. My God is now my strength. Yeah, it's not my 401k, you know. It's not this or that political party or this or that, you know, whatever. My God is now my strength. And that will fill you with a supernatural strength and and hope. Even in the face of whatever, whatever comes our way. And listen to what God continues to say to Isaiah and to you and to me tonight. It is too little for you to be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. So just that little part of the world. I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. You see that? So often we sell God, what? So short. 
I say that a lot up here. But that's what God is kind of saying right now to Isaiah. I'm not going to sell you short, Isaiah. I'm not going to sell you short, Our Lady of Refuge. I've got big plans for you. Much bigger than what you imagine. So often, we put God in a box. And it's usually a pretty small box. God has much bigger plans than we could imagine. Big plans for this world of ours. Big plans for His church. There's a huge harvest. Huge harvest waiting to be taken. And you're a part of that. You are all called to be laborers of this harvest. If you're here tonight on a Wednesday night wearing your masks for crying out loud, I can assure you God is counting on each and every one of you. If he can count on you to be here tonight, you better believe he's he's got big plans for you, each and every one of you. He feels really good about you. Your father, my father, our father feels really good about who you are. And he wants you to know that. He's proud of you. He believes in you. He's hoping in you to step up and not to think like the world thinks. Paul, St. Paul, warns us not to be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't think like the people on TV think and talk because most of them don't think at all. And they assume that you don't know how to think for yourself. Go to the Lord. Ask Him what He thinks about what's going on. Ask Him what He wants you to do. And then do it. And then say, here I am. I come to do your will. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep hoping. I'm going to be light. Because I know that's what you want to make of me. That's what you want me to be. I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. You don't know how powerful your prayer of faith is. It's so powerful. When we are here tonight making these acts of faith and hope and love, what's happening? It's like, I love this part of the church because, you know, it goes up into the sky and it's a a great reflection of what's really happening in the order of grace, in the spirit world. As we pray... What we're doing is we're opening the heavens, so to speak. And we're inviting heaven and Michael and his army 
to come down and the saints to come down and to take care of business, right? To fight alongside us. How about that reading the other day? I don't know if you all were at Mass the other day. The first reading. Oh, this is the wrong. Here, let me see if I can pull it up on my phone real quick. Because, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's from the, the second book of Kings. And at the end of the reading, check this out. That night, the angel of the Lord went forth and struck down 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. The angel of the Lord fought for the men of Israel. The angel slew 185,000 men. God fought for the people of Israel. Now, I don't know if the angel of the Lord's going to come tonight, but Mary is at work. Michael, the archangel, is at work. And the more we pray, the more power they gain. The more we open up the heavens and allow them to come and fight. You get what you ask for, right? You get what you ask for. And the more we ask, the more we invite the Lord to fight on our behalf, the more he answers that prayer. So tonight, let's invite him to fight for you as an individual and to heal you, to inspire you, to comfort you. And let's invite him to to fight on behalf of the church. To fight the enemies of the church, the spiritual enemies of the church, Satan and his minions. Let's pray that Christ's kingdom will come in our hearts, in our homes, in our world. Amen.